0: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our Course in Miracles Daily Reading Conference Call. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles, original edition, published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net, or if you mouse over the link top for online edition, you'll see the drop-down to read A-C-I-M-O-E. Also on that website, there's a tab called Lesson Sign Up, and there you can subscribe to receive both the daily lesson and the reading for the day sent to you from the Course in Miracles Society. My name is Lori Cameron. This call is Monday through Friday from about 9.15 to about 11 a.m. Eastern, and today we are continuing our reading of Chapter 6, Attack and Fear, with Section 5, The Only Answer. Section 5, The Only Answer. And we're also mindful of our lesson today. Lesson 68, Love Holds No Grievances. And by way of opening this morning, I was led by a pretty direct path to a poem from Shailen Harkin in her book, Susceptible to Light. And the poem is called Return. Return. Another round through the dark, narrow tunnels of healing. I swear I've been here before and I swore I'd never return. But this time it's to heal the myth that there's failure in returning. Relapse into old ways is an opportunity for greater kindness to newly released, revealed tender places. Regression is a deeper look into your soul's needs Darling, your life is blossom after blossom on the thousand petaled lotus, lesson after lesson in how to bow more deeply, an opportunity for greater kindness. Amen. Amen. Thank
1: you. Amen. Thank you.
0: Yeah, that was a happy find. Um, and you're welcome. Alrighty, here we go. Our reading list today is Charles, LeMoyne, Robin Marie, Harrison, Karen, and Sandra. We're joined and listening this morning by Judy. And let's see, we'll see if we're joined as we go along by anyone else, okay? So, starting off then in Chapter 6, Attack and Fear, section five the only answer paragraph 45 remember (laughs) that the holy spirit is the answer not the question the ego always speaks first because it is capricious and does not mean its maker well that is because it believes incorrectly that its maker may withdraw his support from it at any moment if it meant you well it would be glad as the Holy Spirit will be glad when He has brought you home and you no longer need His guidance. The ego does not regard itself as part of you. Herein lies its primary perceptual error, the foundation of its whole thought system. Uh, Charles.
1: Thank you. Uh, t- text. Um Number six, section four number forty five The only answer remember that the Holy Spirit is the answer, not the question. The eagle always speaks first because it's capricious and does not mean its maker well. That is because it believes and correctly that it maker. May withdraw its, its support from it at any moment. If it meant you well, it would be glad. As the Holy Spirit will be glad when He has brought you home and you no longer need His guidance. The ego does not regard itself as part of you. Herein lies its primary perceptual error, the foundation of its whole thought system. 46. God created you. He made you part of Him. That is why attack within the kingdom is impossible. You made the ego without love. And so it does not love you. You cannot remain within the kingdom without love. And since the kingdom is love, you believe that you are without it. This enables the ego to regard itself as separate and outside its maker, thus speaking for the part of your mind that believes you are separate and outside the mind of God. The ego, then, raised the first question that was ever asked, but one which can never answer. One which it can never answer. The question, quote, what are you, unquote, was the beginning of doubt. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Charles and Lloyd.
2: Okay. <laughs> right, when God created you, he made you part of him. That is why attack within the kingdom is impossible. You made the ego without love, so it does not love you. You could not remain within the kingdom without love, and since the kingdom is love, you believe that you are without it. This enables the ego to regard itself as separate and outside its maker, thus speaking for the part of your mind that believes you are separate and outside the mind of God. The ego then raised the first question that was ever asked but one which it can never answer. That question, what are you, was the beginning of doubt. The ego has never answered any question since, although it has raised a great many. The most inventive activities of the ego have never done more than obscure the question because you have the answer and the ego is afraid of you. You cannot understand the conflict until you fully understand one basic fact that the ego does not know. The Holy Spirit does not speak first, but he always answers. Everyone has called upon him for help at one time or another, and in one way or another, and has been answered. Since the Holy Spirit answers truly, he answers for all time, which means that everyone has the answer now.
0: Thank you, LeMoyne and Robin Marie.
3: 47. The ego has never answered any question since, although it has raised a great many. The most inventive activities of the ego have never done more than obscure the question Because you have the answer and the ego is afraid of you. You cannot understand the conflict until you fully understand one basic fact that the ego does not know. The Holy Spirit does not speak first, but he always answers. Everyone has called upon him for help at one time or another and in one way or another and has been answered. Since the Holy Spirit answers truly, he answers for all time, which means that everyone has the answer now. 48. The ego cannot hear the Holy Spirit, but it does believe that part of the same mind that made it is against it. It interprets this as a justification for attacking its maker. It believes that the best defense is attack and wants you to believe it. Unless you do believe it, you will not side with it. And the ego feels badly in need of allies, though not of brothers. Perceiving something alien to itself in your mind, the ego turns to the body, not the mind, as its ally. ally, Because the body is not part of you. This makes the body the ego's friend. It is an alliance, frankly, based on separation. If you side with this alliance, you will be afraid because you are siding with an alliance of fear. Thank you, Robin Marie. And Harrison.
4: 48. The ego cannot hear the Holy Spirit, but it does believe that part of the same mind that made it is against it. It interprets interprets this as a justification for attacking its matrix. It believes that the best defense is attack and wants you to believe it. Unless you do believe it, you will not side with it and the ego feels badly in need of allies, though not of brothers. Perceiving something alien to itself in your mind The ego turns to the body, not the mind as its ally because the body is not part of you. This makes the body the ego's friend. It is an alliance, frankly, based on separation. If you side with this alliance,
3: You will
4: be afraid because you are siding with an alliance of fear. 49. The ego and the body conspire against your mind. And because the ego realizes that it's quote unquote enemy can end them both merely by knowing they are not part of him. They join in the attack together. This is perhaps the strangest perception of all, if you consider what it really involves. The ego, which is not real, attempts to persuade the mind which is real that the mind is its own learning device and that the learning device is more real than it is. No one in his right mind could possibly believe this. And the one in his right mind does believe it.
0: Thank you, Harrison. And Karen. 49. The
5: ego and the body conspire against your mind. And because the ego realizes that its quote-unquote enemy can end them both merely by knowing they are not part of him, they join in the attack together. This is perhaps the strangest perception of all if you consider what it really involves. The ego, which is not real, attempts to persuade the mind, which is real, that the mind is its own learning device and that the learning device is more real than it is. No one in his right mind could possibly believe this, and no one in his right mind does believe it. 50, hear then the one answer of the Holy Spirit to all the questions which the ego raises. You are a child of God a priceless part of his kingdom, which he created as part of him. Nothing else exists. And only this is real. Nothing else exists. And only this is real. You have chosen a sleep in which you have had bad dreams. But the sleep is not real. And God calls you to awake. There will be nothing left of your dream when you hear him, because you will be awake. Your dreams have contained many of the ego symbols, and they have confused you, yet that was only because you were asleep and did not know. When you awake, you will see the truth around you and in you, and you will no longer believe in dreams, because they will have no reality for you.
0: Thank
6: you, Karen and Sandra. 50. Hear then the one answer of the Holy Spirit to all the questions which the ego raises. You are a child of God, a priceless part of his kingdom, which he created as part of him. Nothing else exists and only this is real. You have chosen a sleep in which you have had had dreams, but the sleep is not real, and God calls you to awake. There will be nothing left of your dreams when you hear him, because you will be awake. Your dreams have contained many of the ego's symbols, and they have confused you. Yet, that was only because you were asleep and did not know. When you awake, you will see the truth around you and in you, and you will no longer believe in dreams because they will have no reality for you. 51. Yet the kingdom and all that you have created there will have great reality for you because they are beautiful and true. In the kingdom where you are and what you are is perfectly certain. There is no doubt there because the first question was never asked. Having finally been wholly answered, it has never been. Being alone lives in the kingdom where everything lives in God without question. Being alone lives in the kingdom where everything lives in God without question the time that was spent on questioning in the dream has given way to creation and to its eternity thank you Sandra and
0: would there be would there be a new reader uh, for 51 and 52
7: surely I can do it Laurie Thanks, Church. Yes, The kingdom and all that you have created there will have great reality for you because they are beautiful and true. In the kingdom, where you are and what you are is perfectly certain. There is no doubt because they're, because the first question was never asked. Having finally been wholly answered, It has never been. Being alone lives in the kingdom, where everything lives in God without question. The time that was spent on questioning in the dream has given way to creation and to its eternity. You are as certain as God because you are as true as He is. But what was once quite certain in your minds has become only the ability for certainty. The introduction of abilities into being was the beginning of uncertainty because abilities are potentials and not accomplishments. Your abilities are totally useless in the presence of God's accomplishments and also of yours. Accomplishments are results which have been achieved. When they are perfect, abilities are meaningless. It is curious that the perfect must now be perfected. In fact, it is impossible. You must remember, however, that when you put yourself in an, in an impossible situation, <laughs> you believe the, that the impossible was possible. Love this stuff. Thank you, Laurie.
0: Thank you, Judy. Um, Is there a new reader for 52 and 53? Okay, back to you, Charles.
1: Thank you. 52. You are as certain as God, because you are as true as he is but what was once quite certain in your minds has only beco- has become only the ability for certainty the introduction of abilities into being was the beginning of uncertainty because abilities are potentials not accomplishments Your abilities are totally useless in the presence of God's accomplishments and also yours. Accomplishments are results which have been achieved. When they are perfect, abilities are meaningless. It is curious that the perfect must now be perfected. In fact, it is impossible. You must remember, however, that when you put yourselves in an impossible situation and believed that the impossible was possible. <laughs> I love it. Uh, 53. Abilities must be developed, or you cannot use them. This is not true of anything that God created, but it is the kindest solution possible to what you have made. In an impossible situation, you can develop your abilities to the point where they can get you out of it. You have a guide, with a capital G. You have a guide to how to develop them. But you have no commander except yourself. This leaves you in charge of the kingdom with both a guide to find it and a means to keep it. You have a model to follow who will strengthen your command and never detract from it in any way. You therefore retain the central place in your perceived enslavement, a fact which itself demonstrates that you are not enslaved. Amen. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Charles, and LeMoyne.
2: Abilities must be developed or you cannot use them. This is not true of anything God cre- that God created, but it is the kindest of solution possible to what you have made. In an impossible situation, you can develop your abilities to the point where they can get you out of it. You have a guide to how to develop them, but you have no commander except yourself. This leaves you in charge of the kingdom with both a guide to find it and a means to keep it. You have a model to follow who will strengthen your command and never detract from it in any way. You therefore retain the central place in your perceived enslavement, a fact which itself demonstrates that you are not enslaved. You are in an impossible situation only because you thought it was possible to be in one. You would be in an impossible situation if God showed you your perfection and proved to you that you were wrong. This would demonstrate that the perfect were inadequate to bring themselves to the awareness of their perfection and thus side with the belief that those who have everything need help and therefore, and are therefore helpless. This is the kind of so-called reasoning which the ego engages in, but God, who knows that his creations are perfect, does not insult them. This would be as impossible as the ego's notion that it has insulted him.
0: Thank you, Lemoyne and Robin Marie.
3: (laughs) 54. You are in an impossible situation only because you thought it was possible to be in one. You would be in an impossible situation if God showed you your perfection and proved to you that you were wrong. This would demonstrate that the perfect were inadequate to bring themselves to the awareness of their perfection and thus side with the belief that those who have everything need help and are therefore helpless. This is the kind of, quote, reasoning, unquote, which the ego engages in. But God, who knows that his creations are perfect, does not insult them. This would be as impossible as the ego's notion that it has insulted him. 55. That is why the Holy Spirit never commands. To command is to assume inequality, which the Holy Spirit demonstrates does not exist. Fidelity to premises is a law of mind, and everything God created is faithful to his laws. Fidelity to other laws is also possible, However, not because the laws are true, but because you made them. What would be gained if God proved to you that you have thought insanely? Can God lose his own certainty? We have frequently stated that what you teach you are. Would you have God teach you that you have sinned? If he confronted the self you made with the truth he created for you, what could you be but afraid? You would doubt your sanity which is the one thing in which you can find the sanity he gave you.
0: Thank you, Robin Marie and Harrison.
4: That is why the Holy Spirit never commands. The command is to assume equality which the Holy Spirit demonstrates does not exist. Fidelity to premises is a law of mind and everything God created is faithful to his laws. Fidelity to other laws is is also possible. However, not because the laws are true, but because you made them. What will be gained if God proved to you that you have thought insanely? Can God lose his own certainty? We have frequently stated that what you teach, you are. Would you have God teach you that you have sinned? If he confronted the self you made with the truth he created for you, what could you be but afraid? You would doubt your sanity, which is the one thing in which you can find the sanity he gave you. 56, God does not teach. To teach is to imply a lack, which God knows is not there. God is not conflicted. Teaching aims at change, but God created only the changeless. The separation was not a loss of profession, but a failure in communication. A harsh and striking form of communication arose as the ego's voice. It could not shatter the peace of God, but it could shatter, shatter yours. God did not blot it out because to eradicate it would be to attack. Being questioned, he did not question. He merely gave the answer. His answer is your teacher. Thank God.
0: Indeed. Thank you, Harrison and Karen. 56.
5: God does not teach. To teach is to imply a lack, which God knows is not there. God is not conflicted. Teaching aims at change, but God created only the changeless. The separation was not a loss of perfection, but a failure in communication. A harsh and strident form of communication arose as the ego's voice. It could not shatter the peace of God, but it could shatter yours. God did not blot it out because to eradicate it would be to attack it. Being questioned, he did not question. He merely gave the answer. His answer is your teacher.
0: Amen. Amen to that. Uh, there is so much in here to summarize, so I will, I will probably overlook some really important elements, but I'm hoping uh, that they all come up in our discussion after the lesson. So, starting with, uh, first, I want to say the only answer section five um, contains three parts that we'll cover over the next few days so this section represents um, our reference point for the next three thoughts of the Lessons of the Holy Spirit. Beginning with 45, remember that the Holy Spirit is the answer, not the question. The Holy Spirit will be glad when He has brought you home and you no longer need His guidance. Here's the problem. The ego does not regard itself as part of you herein lies its primary perceptual error the foundation of its whole thought system in 46 when god created you he made you part of him you made the ego without love so it does not love you you could not remain within the kingdom Without love, and since the kingdom is love, you believe that you are without it. This enables the ego to regard itself as separate and outside its maker. The ego then asked the first question that was ever asked, but one which it could never answer the question, What are you? was the beginning of doubt. In 47, the most inventive activities of the ego have never been more than to obscure the question because you have the answer and the ego is afraid of you. Be aware that the Holy Spirit does not speak first, but he always answers. Everyone has called upon him for help at one time or another and in one way or another has been answered. Since he answers truly, he answers for all time which means that everyone has the answer now. In 48, the ego turns to the body, not the mind as its ally, because the body is not part of you. This makes the body the ego's friend, and it is an alliance, frankly, based on separation. If you side with this alliance, you will be afraid because you're siding with an alliance of fear. More about the ego and the body, conspiring in 49, but hear then the one answer of the Holy Spirit to all questions which the ego raises. You are a child of God, a priceless part of his kingdom, which he created as part of him. Nothing else exists, only this is real. You have dreamed of many ego symbols and they've confused you because you were asleep and did not know when you wait you will see the truth around you and in you and you will no longer believe in dreams because they will have
3: no reality
0: for you if the kingdom and all that you have created there will have great reality for you because they are beautiful and true in the kingdom where you are and what you are is perfectly certain there is no doubt there because the first question was never asked having finally been wholly answered it has never been being alone lives in the kingdom where everything lives in God without question the time that was spent in questioning in the dream has given way to creation and its eternity in 52 you are as certain as God because you are as true as he is But what was once quite certain in your minds has become only an ability for certainty, and abilities are potentials, not accomplishments. Abilities are totally useless in the presence of God's accomplishment, and also of yours. Accomplishments are results which have been received. When they are perfect, meaning abilities are meaningless. So our task in 53, abilities must be developed or you cannot use them. This is not true of anything that God created, but it is the kindest of solution possible to what you have made. In an impossible situation, you can develop your abilities to the point where they can get you out of it. You have a guide to how to develop them, but you have no commander except yourself. You, therefore, retain the central place in your perceived enslavement, a fact which itself demonstrates that you are not enslaved. In 54, you are in possible situation only because you thought it was possible to be in one. God does not... God does not side with the belief that those who have everything need help and are therefore helpless god does not side with that belief god who knows that his creations are perfect does not insult them this would be impossible as the ego's notion that it has insulted him that is why the holy spirit never commands would you have god teach you that you have sinned and if he confronted the self you made with the truth he created for you what could you be but afraid you would doubt your sanity which is the one thing in which you can find the sanity he gave you 56 God does not teach to teach is to imply a lack God is not conflicted but teaching aims at change but God created only the changeless The separation was not a loss of perfection, but a failure in communication. A harsh, strident form of communication arose as the ego's voice. It shattered your peace, but God would not blot it out, because to eradicate it would be to attack it. Being questioned, he did not question. He merely gave the capital answer, and his answer is your capital teacher lot to unwind and I'm sure we'll have a lively discussion this morning after we touch in on our lesson and I wonder if anyone's given some thought as to whether they could lead our reflection this morning in lesson 68
6: this is Sandra I can do it oh bless you thank you Sandra Lesson 68, Love Holds No Grievances. You who were created by love, like itself, can hold no grievances and know yourself. To hold a grievance is to forget who you are. To hold a grievance is to see yourself as a body. It is the decision to let go the ego rule your mind and to condemn the body to death. Shut off from yourself, your true self, what remains aware's, aware of his likeness to his creator. Shut off from your, from your true self who remains aware of his likeness to his creator. Your true self seems to sleep while the part of your mind that weaves illusions in its sleep appears to be awake. Can all this arise from holding grievances? Oh yes. For he who holds grievances denies he was created by love. And his creator has become fearful to him in his dream of hate. Who can dream of hatred and not fear God? Perhaps you do not think you can let all your grievances go. That, however, is simply a question of motivation. Today, we will try to find out how you would feel without them. If you succeed even by even so little, there will never be a problem in motivation ever again. Determine now to see all these people as friends. Say to them all collectively, thinking of each one in turn, as you do so, I would see you as my friend, that I may remember you are part of me and come to know myself. Spend the remainder of the practice period trying to think of yourself as completely at peace with everyone and everything. safe in a world which protects you and loves you and which you love in return. Try to feel safety surrounding you, hovering over you and holding you up. Try to believe, however briefly, that nothing can harm you in any way. At the end of the practice period, tell yourself, Love holds no grievances. When I let all my grievances go, I will know I am perfectly safe. The short practice period should include a quick application of today's idea in this form. Whenever any thought of grievances grievance arise arises again against anyone, physically present or not. Love holds no grievances. Let me not betray myself. In addition, repeat the idea several times an hour in this form. Love holds no grievances. I would wake to my true self by laying all my grievances aside and waking in him. Let's take a minute and contemplate love holds no grievances. Love holds no grievances. You know, in um, paragraph 54, it says, you are in an impossible situation only because you thought it was possible to be in one. Because I didn't believe in who I was. I didn't believe in God's, thoughts about who I was. I believed in the ego's thoughts about who I was. And God can't prove me wrong because God sees me as perfect. So I'm the one who has to do this this work to uncover what's blocking me to the truth of who I am. That's my work. That's not God's work. But thank goodness I have my trusty and best mighty companion which is my holy spirit which will guide me through all of this and continually show me the truth if i have faith in my relationship with my holy holy spirit which is not separate from me my holy spirit is my higher mind and so all i have to do is go to you know get be still get quiet and connect with my higher mind and ask to be shown the truth and i can have the utmost and absolute faith that i will be shown the truth because god holds no grievances and neither do i i'm complete Oh, it was so beautiful,
0: Sandra, and thank you very much for that lesson.
4: Thank you,
3: Sandra.
7: Thank you, Sandra.
3: Thank you, Sandra.
7: Boy, this, this really is some great reading today, isn't it? Good grief, Charlie Brown. <laughs> oh, complete.
0: (laughs) Thanks, Judy.
6: Um, This is Sandra again, and you know, I'm really sensitive to enabling. And this is like God saying, I'm not going to enable you. (laughs) Because if I enable you to believe that you can't do this yourself, then, um, and I don't mean myself as the ego self. I mean myself as my true self, one with, with my creator and one with all of creation. That if God, uh, champers with this it's like God saying that I didn't create perfection and God did create perfection and so therefore God will not enable us God is going to say if you can do this yourself you're going to because you're made in the image and likeness of me so um, I'm going to take full responsibility for my awakening Uncomplete
7: mm-hmm. yes thank you, Sandra. I just love this text reading mm-hmm. together with um, the beginning of the lessons about grievances, you know that um clear distinction um, that the Holy Spirit's made for me about what the ego mind is um, separate from God, um, judgmental and, um, you know, self-making. It makes me into an image in a body with, with his, which is the symbol of separation. And so here, here I am, and, you know, I don't know how this got started, and... No one's to blame, I and mean, we, we've, we've been told that over and over and over. But we've been given the means, the Holy Spirit, um, and the vision of Christ consciousness to see the totality of the awareness of our reality, that we're, we've been give, given everything by God. When God gave him to us in our creation, he extended himself like and as he is with the awareness of the t- totality of his creation given equally to everyone, uh, impartially. And so we're either purely mind, consciousness itself, uh-huh. purely mind, in the service of spirit, in the service of love. I'm a love servant. Um, and to know that, that's all. That's all there is to it. It's simple. To love everything that God gave me in the totality of creation. There's nothing that he denied me or deprived me of. Um, Here along comes the ego and the part of the mind that separated itself from God imagines a body, image. And to know that this image, this perception The text says there's no perception in the mind of God. He has no body with which to perceive anything. And he he did not make the body that the mind separate from him made up the image. And the difference between what is made and what is created has to be understood for me to become a miracle worker or to understand where forgiveness is. Because forgiveness is simply undoing the mistaken belief that it's possible, that I can make an image of myself and look through the image with eyes that are a part of the image and think that I'm seeing when that is blind, That's sheer blindness. It's in the dark. I'm totally in the dark. To know what vision is, is to know that. I can look on the body and see that it is an image. And all the senses of perception are signs of a separation device that makes me forget that I'm one in the mind of the God of creation. I mean, think about the reality. What he's telling us our reality is here. And I'm going to say I'm an ego looking through the body's eyes, and I'm going to judge this body... And, and have grievances, criticize it, complain. And when I get done with me, I'm going to look at you and your your image and and criticize and complain and get angry at and hold resentments against. And, and the insanity of that, that an image can judge an image, I mean, it's like twice removed from reality. That's not our reality. That's signs and symbols. Symbols being images. Images are perceptions. And there's no, none of this in the mind of God. That reality, the pure, the purification of our perception, changing first changing it, recognizing that we're dreaming this dream. But um, I love the point that you brought up, Sandra, about God being a gentleman. You know, he's not going to call me a fool. He's not going to insult my intelligence. When it's his, (laughs) well, you know, they're sleeping now. They're taking a little nap, and maybe they'll wake up today. They share the mind with the creator of the universe, and I would deny that. The ego denies it out of fear that, of course, teaches me. Have I gone on long enough? I'll take that as a sign.
1: Much love, Judy. I love your deep dives and your sharing. Truly appreciated. This is Charles here. I'd like to focus on paragraph nine of the lesson today. Actually, eight and nine. I would see you as my friend that I remember you, are part of me and come to know myself. Number nine is sort of like an opposite of how I used to vision my day. It says, spend the remainder of the practice period trying to think of yourself as completely at peace with everyone and everything, safe in a world which protects you and loves you and which you love in return. Try to feel the safety surrounding you, hovering over you and holding you. Try to believe however briefly that nothing can harm you in any way. And at the end of the practice period, tell yourself, love holds no grievances. When I let go, all my grievances go, and I will know I am perfectly safe. And I just think of how many people practice the actual opposite of that when they think of their day and all those they need along the way. What a beautiful contrast to practice and to see as being the true reality I desire for myself and for all those I give witness to. Thank you.
8: Thank you, Charles. The idea that there is a hovering over me intimates that there is a physicality because above and below are directional. So the part of me is everywhere, so there are no directions, my spirit. Yet I feel drawn more and more to. What comes to mind is in the Catholic religion, although I'm not Catholic, I understand they have a ritual where they give you a wafer and then they have you drink a little wine and this represents the body and the blood of Christ. What I'm getting is an elevated, a different way of perceiving the body, more like heaven on earth or actually heaven expressing through earth in this world. The world and the body can be seen in one of two ways. One as an image of separation, but for me, the gift of this life, which happened back then, I was born into this world physically, and it is a gift that I did not create. And to embody the spirit means that as I walk as I talk as I breathe I'm breathing spirit through the flesh into the world to others and there is only love between us through us so the whole idea of embodying the spirit is something I'm being called to and it's not a denial of the body, but rather an inclusion and an expression of this wonderful opportunity which the breath reminds me that love is breathing me. Love is moving me. The body is not, in my choice, separate, but rather a beautiful And I'm grateful for this opportunity to be in this body. And I know ultimately I will disappear from the body. But in the meantime, to embody the truth for me is needs to be affirmed. And I'm relaxed. I'm at peace. And every cell in my body and everybody who's listening here is being bathed in the healing, breath, breathing spirit of love. So all is well physically, mentally, spiritually. And I'm complete.
1: Thank you, Steve.
3: So beautiful, Steve. Thank you. Thanks, Steve. I did write down in my book, I am the embodiment of love. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Robin Marie. That was a perfect takeaway. Well, good morning everyone this is Lori, and uh, gosh Sandra while you were speaking my phone was going in and out from tower to Wi-Fi so I missed some of it but I so 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 appreciated how you talked about God is not an enabler <laughs> that that was just really great because I think that's uh, the essence of of this reading today You're in an impossible situation only because you believed it was possible to be in one. And I'm thinking of um, a couple of quotes. Um, See if I have them pulled up. I can say them exactly. One was from chapter two. Yeah, there it is in the correction for lack of love this is really great because it's the background of this section uh, he says you who constantly complain about fear still persist in creating it I told you before that you cannot ask me to release you from fear because I know it does not exist but you do not and if I merely intervened between your thoughts and their results I would be tampering with the basic law of cause and effect the most fundamental law there is in the world i would hardly help if i depreciated the power of your thinking this would be in direct opposition to the purpose of this course it's much more helpful to remind you that you do not guard your thoughts carefully except for a small part of the day and somewhat inconsistently even then um now at the top of my page today I wrote um, miracles and fear both come from thought and if I were not free to choose one I wouldn't be free to choose the other and the great great thing going on here is that this conflict between ego and God that he's outlining for us isn't really a conflict at all except uh, to that tiny fragment of mind that thinks it's separate the seeming conflict isn't really a conflict between beings you know it's it's a conflict in thoughts a conflict in creation versus miscreation so here's the ego thought system Uh, i love that quote about this is the foundation the ego does not think it is part of you it's well I guess the tiny mad idea Um, the mistaken part of my mind that uh, thinks it's in charge it doesn't even think it's a part of me it thinks it's uh, the controller I like to think of it as the so-called controller that I give my power to when I forget my true will. The great, great, great thing is that we have a guide, we have a model, and we have a will. And these lessons right now that we're in, 68 up through 74, are really a, a great setup for me to realize what is my true will. And in recognizing my true will, I will recognize the power of my intention, the power of choice. He said early on in this work that your mind can only serve. Well, here's this little piece of ego thinking it has nothing to do with serving. You know, it thinks it isn't even part of me little tiny part of mind the stranger that wandered in without a purpose um, trying to convince me that I am NOT what I am later on in this work he says you are the will of God you are the kingdom the kingdom is not within you Uh, within and without don't mean anything at all you are the kingdom what else but you did God create you know so my my task in remembering who I am is one of really recognizing my power of choice mind can only serve and there are only two masters that it can choose from the Holy Spirit or the thought system of truth the thought system that proceeds from the mind of God, the source, the thought system of love, or my mind can choose to serve the ego, which is nothing more than a collection of beliefs about myself that are mistaken. Fundamental conflict is always between creation, when I give my will to God, recognizing it is the true will, the only will. There is nothing but the will of God the will of love, or when I give my mind to the Holy, uh, to the ego thought system. those are my only two choices. One will give me everything, that is to say, the memory of everything. Remember if the soul has and is everything, the thought system of truth will direct me to my true self, the memory of God. If I make a different choice, which is unconscious, I'll be in the thought system of the ego, thinking I'm something that I'm not. And so here's the great good thing. If he interfered, simply, if he interfered, he says, between uh, cause and effect, the most fundamental law there is, I would not be on a journey of self discovery. I would be reliant to this closed thought system of the ego constantly trying to get something and do something better and achieve on my own and and strive for something I don't even understand but when I remember who and what I am I'm free of that I'm free of that he says God's son does not journey through outer worlds God's son is not a journey through outer worlds. Our journey is the journey within. And in that journey within, it's for me to discover, discover, not not interfere with, not interfere with my mind. Choose I really love that word, enabler. Uh, but for me to recognize the power of my choice, the power of my true will. And when I do, there'll be no question. About where my mind serves I will serve the thought system of truth following the guide he has given me the model he's given me the model of Christ's mind that will always step in and strengthen my will and um, make certain that I remember home is in my heart in the heart of God where I never left in this section the only answer um, I feel like it's a, a plea that we recognize um, how we can get out of this that that's why I love that poem that I opened with this morning called return you know here I am again <laughs> here I am again I fell off my horse again uh, I held a grievance against myself and it was reflected in the world The atonement is my answer to that and when I accept atonement for myself the truth that God has already accomplished everything in me and for me and my true will will direct me to that um, what I've really done is exercise the power of my will there is no greater power in the world than the power of will because when my mind is aligned with the mind of god that is the power of love um let's see and i don't have to do it i it's already done you know abilities are potentials so um back to that poem again here i am again it's for me to realize that All my mistaken ideas that I use to miscreate or lay illusions on the world are opportunities for me to realize, oh, I did that, and it is this that I would undo. Lessons like Love Holds No Grievances are for me to remember, oh, I did that, and it is this I would undo. And insofar as, you know, there's a thought from Moji, you can't love anyone everyone in the world I mean to say okay I love I love everyone in the world is an impossible task uh, from a small frame of reference but God is kind and he gives me opportunities this and this and this and this, and this and every time I exercise the power of my will to change my thoughts to think with God I experience the consequence of a miracle the effect the effect of giving my will giving my mind to the Holy Spirit Uh, the gift of forgiveness then um, is a gift of releasing my mistaken thoughts and asking for my true thoughts the thoughts I think with God God's not going to interfere with my will. And it is possible, I think, um, to remember, I know it's possible to remember that we came here in this plane, in the 3D, in the time and space and body limitations to achieve something, to achieve love's purpose. For whatever intent that may involve, we signed up for it every soul is here signed up for it it's a journey into limitation in order to learn how to release limitations by aligning my will with the will of the Holy Spirit and in so doing God accomplishes marvelous things Um, things way beyond the scope of anything I can see with my limited mind but We learn collectively that we are co-creators with God, creating experiences of loving relationships um, in the face of limitation, time and space and body. Um, I think that's how God's mind is expanded, and it certainly is expanding mine. So every time I give my will to truth, align my mind with truth Um, something wonderful is being accomplished in the plan of God and uh, it makes me very happy to realize I signed up for it and to know that across this journey um, not in outer worlds but inner worlds where we all are one thought in the mind of God something beautiful is being accomplished and I think I'm complete Thank you,
4: Laurie.
5: Thank you, Laurie. Thank you. That was great, Laurie. Thank you so much. Mm.
1: Thank you for awakening me the desire to to really know. Thank you, Laurie. Appreciate that.
4: Hmm.
1: I just want to ask a question, if I may, Uh, on paragraph 55 in the text we read today. It said, this is why the Holy Spirit never commands. To command is to assume inequality, which the Holy Spirit demonstrates does not exist. Fidelity, which is a word I'm not too common with, to premises is a law of mind and everything God created is faithful to his laws, and fidelity to other laws is also possible. However, not because the laws are true, but because they, you made them. So when I look the word fidelity up in the dictionary, of course, it be, represented the word loyalty or faithful to. So that helps me more Uh, give a greater context to what's being read here. I thought I'd share that because the word when I was reading it was really not uh, giving me any understanding to what was being shared. So thank you for allowing me to share that. And if anybody has anything to add to it that I might uh, have a misunderstanding with, I appreciate it. Thank you.
0: oh thanks for that Charles there's a lot in that uh, paragraph that I think we can learn from so thank you for that um, I had a quote for it now one second I'm gonna get it that I think brings some light to that paragraph it's a quote from for chapter 4 in love without conflict fidelity to laws Um, especially the law of cause and effect he says it over and over in course of love cause and effect are one in this work he wants me to know that there's only first cause you who belong to first cause recognize there is no other cause the father is cause the son is effect the father is cause the son is effect basic law cause and effect nothing happens except that it happens as a consequence of first cause love and love manifested by the sun he says in paragraph 4 or chapter 4 in love without conflict he says no force except your own will is strong enough or worthy enough to guide you isn't that incredible The power of mind, the power of choice. No force except your own will is strong enough or worthy enough to guide you. In this, you are as free as God and must remain so forever. You can never be bound except in honor, and that is always voluntary. Will I agree to be an effect of God? Will I agree to the thought system of truth? Let us ask the Father in my name to keep you mindful of his love for you and yours for him that's my true will he's never failed to answer this request because it asks only for what he's already willed and those who call truly are always answered and then he goes on I will never forsake you any more than God will but I must wait as long as you choose to forsake yourself I think you said that same thing Sandra this is this is something I owe myself because I will wait in love and not in patience you will surely ask me truly and I will come in response to a single unequivocal call watch carefully and see what it is you're really asking for this is why watching my thoughts you know is this a thought is, is this a thought that is serving my ego, or is this a thought that's serving Holy Spirit? Mind can only serve you see, so I must watch my thoughts and see what I'm asking for. Be very honest with yourself about this, for we must hide nothing from each other, and if you really try to do this, you've taken the first step toward preparing your mind. For the Holy One to enter we'll prepare for this together for once he has come he will be ready to help me make other minds ready for him
1: thank you Lori okay. boy when I ask for clarity I sure get clarity thank you Lori wow.
0: <laughs> that's, Jeez, that's why it's so uh, beautiful Saunders wow. discussion of God's not an enabler he's not going to interfere with my will um, was so perfect because he wants yes. me to understand yeah. my true will and exercise my power of choice. Mm. I have to convince myself of the truth and take this transformational or transcendent journey. I'm not looking for a better ego, you know. I'm looking to release those ideas and find my true will. Now I'm really talking too much. Thank you. I'm complete.
1: Well, that's why the Holy Spirit never commands because it's in our choice of what we choose to give our uh, to be a loyal to. Wow, beautifully said. Thank you, Laurie, and thank you everyone for the share today. Wow.
5: I don't have my book in front of me, so this might not come out right, but um so in some of the shares what I heard was this path, this path, Course in Miracles, is not about um an external savior at all. Like like the guru for instance is going to um I pray to the guru. I work really hard. This goes back to what Laurie was sharing, that that we don't have that, that positioning, you know, of something external that's going to intercede on our behalf. There's no attainment that we have to get to. And I find that to be so comforting and so beautiful and such an intense shift in perspective perspective or perception perspective, that there is no um, intermediary that's going to change me to make me worthy and good. There's nothing that has to happen for me to to deserve God to, you know, really all it comes down to is accepting the truth that's already now, it's already here, it's already present. Um it's always a, a. a i'm finding i'm learning i'm learning more and more every day that when I'm paying attention to my thoughts, I can see where they slip off, you know they slip out of alignment. you know I start to worry about something or I fixate on a problem, and then I forget every you know i forget everything, but then I wake up again and realign. and and feel safe and feel trusting. Um, Going back to the lesson this morning, which was um, how I can feel my safety. How I can feel my safety. The world is completely safe when I extend love to everything when I have no enemies and grievances, when I let go of my grievances and choose to see the world as my friend, I'm safe. These simple takeaways, you know, they're not complicated. They're not uh, difficult. It's just a question of retraining the mind, you know, um, re-ordering my thought system away from the way I was taught. I have a great teacher in my life and yesterday or the day before she was talking to me. Oh, this person, my boss doesn't like me. Um, So and so did this to me and you did that to me and it was just this whole list of grievances. And today I was thinking about it's just the world's way of looking at at life. I you know it's just a total illusion to shift into this is all, everything is my friend. Universal friendliness is what my other teacher calls it. Have universal friendliness. Have universal friendliness to your body. Have universal friendliness to your emotions if they happen to be, you know, um, difficult. Not resist, but allow and open and be spacious, and let the love flow through. So love holds no grievances. I'm working on that one today. And I'm just so grateful that it's already accomplished. The only thing that that isn't done is undoing my falsehood and my false beliefs. And that's a work in progress, which is making great, great progress. Tremendous progress to recognize the shift. I can choose peace instead of this. Last night I woke up, I had all these things on my mind. And then I said, no, I can choose peace instead of this. And I just looked around and I thought, thank you for this beautiful quietness. Thank you for the temperature in my house, that I'm now cold. Thank you for my dog, he's so sweet. And then I just kept going in that direction, and everything became soft and sweet again. And all those wor- worrisome thoughts disappeared. And I'm complete. Thank you, Lori, for I guess, elaborating earlier on um, other parts of the text. I love it when you do that. Thank you. I'm complete. Mm-hmm. Thank
1: you for oh, sharing your beauty you into my life. That's
8: so wonderful. Uh, I'm, oh, so mm.
0: wow. I'm so glad you're experiencing more peace. That's such great news. Thank you. I'm so glad you're experiencing that peace, Karen. Thank you.
1: Amen. Wow. To see how this is working in individual lives. To hear the sharing. It's such a wonderful feeling and deep inside. Thank you.
4: It
1: really helps me to really put into this use for that reasons that you are sharing. It's encouraging and enlightening and uplifting. Knowing this is being worked in the hearts of all men. Thank you.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: It's greater promise for the future well-being. <laughs> wow! Even though there's real no future, but you know, so <clears throat> I'm here. <laughs>
0: Thanks, Charles. You know, it just occurred to me. There's um, another thing, another backdrop to this section that's really important for me to realize, and that is, remember the other day well, we read conflict must be intrapersonal before it's interpersonal. Conflict must be intrapersonal. This this whole section describes so intricately the nature of the split mind you know and when my mind is healed um, and I'm tracking my mind is tracking with the Holy Spirit rather than the ego thought system I'm on the journey of intrapersonal healing you know the ego is as loud as your willingness to listen he said and the Holy Spirit is as loud as your willingness to listen Um, so when I learn to listen to just one voice what's being accomplished is the healing of my mind my intrapersonal healing remembering that conflict must be intrapersonal inside my mind before it's interpersonal out in the world or in relationships Um, here's my great motivation for the healing of my mind or acceptance of the atonement, and as I do that and allow the atonement to light my mind more and more frequently, I'll observe this great effect in the world. I'm going to be having less and less conflict, less and less grievance, um, and that's kind of what I, I, I wanted to direct it toward when I was talking about my two true will the true will is for the healing of my mind and as a consequence of the healing of my mind I will discover that the universe is responsive to that that's what he means by miracles you know Um, consciousness changes and the effect of consciousness what I see changes in rhythm with my conscious awareness the more awake I am to the fact that I'm dreaming this I'm the dreamer the fewer effects of the dream I'm going to experience that's why that's why when I ask Holy Spirit for the truth of this my consciousness is lit up and as a consequence of enhanced awareness I'm going to be able to experience the effect of that in the world The universe is a mirror of our minds you know in truth the universe is a mirror or a dream um, an adventure by source for the expansion of love Uh, that being the purpose of the adventure um, my task is one of becoming aware of the fact that I'm the dreamer and allowing my mind to be healed and as a consequence, I'll experience a more beautiful world. He calls it the happy dream or the real world. So um, there's a real decent motivation for doing all this is what I'm trying to make a point of. So Anyway, Karen, you, you set me off on that, so thank you.
1: <laughs> uh, that's the first time I've heard the word intrapersonal. It's really just sort of like a trigger, uh, um, inter, introspective but interpersonal. That's that's new for me. Thank you.
7: Mm-hmm. Yes, thank you, Lori. Sorry, I had to drop off there for a minute. I, um, you know, just loving getting into this this um, uh, revisit to the to the um, you know, love versus grievances, <laughs> that the ego uses, that we, the law, fundamental law of the mind, being purely mind, that the fundamental law of the mind is to, that it projects, that we project what we think. And ergo, we projected images, images of ourselves, and the world arose and co-partnering with the images of ourselves as bodies. We had to have an environment in which we would have to be at home. And the Course has taught me that, you know, learning a new experience of the truth of myself, you know, it's, it's so uh, um, opposite to and upside down and backwards from what I've learned from the world, that I'm thought, I am consciousness, that I, I exist. True existence, true life, that life is of the mind, and mind, mind extends itself. And this is true, the truth of what life is. That what we call life, um, existence in a body, is, is temporary, changing, um, mortal, and um, it's not true life, life and truth, as God created us. And um, that it's unreal. It's unreal. Now, it's a whole lot for our little little brains to wrap our heads around. But nevertheless, we keep going for it. <laughs> I do anyways. And, and, and really desiring, wanting only the truth. I want the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So um, learning to let go of the... The um the projection of the egos, idle wishes, it's it's desire to make me into what something which I'm not, a perceiver of per, of objects of perception. And um, you know, that being being spiritual being alone lives in the kingdom. It's you know, that learning and being is all in mind. That teaching and being is all in mind, and and um, having and being is all in mind. It's, it's learning to think about what is my reality in truth, and not be so invested in what the course teaches me as valueless. This temporal, tiny. Um, you know, making myself little and limited and capable of suffering and sickness and death and believing in all that um that I've done this to myself, and that I am because i I do it to myself that I must want to undo it and partner with what's always already been true of me. I don't have to achieve or accomplish anything. Because I've already, I'm a complete accomplishment, a complete perfect accomplishment. <clears throat> and God, that's, um, and He's a gentleman, and He's kind and and loving and tender and gentle with me, and saying, you know, wake up, wake up, don't be afraid, don't be scared, don't be hurt, don't hurt yourself. Only you can hurt yourself. Only you can imprison yourself. Only you can make yourself sick. Only you can make yourself die. This is all a dream, and you are just got to wake up from this dream. So the insanity of the, the wanting a, to be in a body, and you know, it's like, okay. <laughs> I'm living on the insane asylum of the world in, the, in a universe, flying around in limitless space thinking on this little body on a little planet. Um, or where, where, where is the ceiling to my mind? Where is, where, where, am I going to let my mind go to um, for and with in order to restore us, restore us all to the mind of God, the light, the love, the peace, the joy that we are, the freedom, you know, that I... I It's just all, it's all just so huge to me. And um, the holiness and the importance of recognizing what it is we're practicing and doing these lessons and knowing that the Holy Spirit in our willingness is is undoing these crazy, insane, um, deeply fixed and false beliefs about who we think we are and what we think reality is. You know, that a bumblebee in its limited perception of a physical body of a bee would def- try to define what reality is according to its perspective. It say- would be the same insanity that human beings are doing, saying that we're defining reality according to our limited bodily perception. And I've gone on too long, but it's so important. It's immeasurably, inestimably important to me to come to, come to, believe, and, and come to being beyond belief. Amen. Enough. The end. <laughs> All right. Thank,
0: Thank you,
1: Thank you Lord, Judy. Judy. Much love.
7: Well, guys.
0: Uh, we're going to have a lively discussion even after we end this recording, I'm sure. Um, but I was given very specific direction this morning to focus as a setup for the next several days. God created only the changeless. The separation was not a loss of perfection, but a failure in communication. A harsh, strident form of communication arose as the ego's voice. Could not shatter the peace of God, but it could shatter yours. God did not blot it out, because to eradicate it would be to attack it. Being questioned, he did not question. He merely gave the answer, and his answer is your teacher. And he asked me to add this. Do you not realize... the ego must set you on a journey which cannot but lead to a sense of futility and depression to seek and not find is hardly joyous is this the promise you would keep the holy spirit offers you another promise and one that will lead to joy for his promise is always seek and you will find and under his guidance you cannot be defeated His is the journey to accomplishment and the goal he sets before you. He will give you for he will never deceive God's son, whom he loves with the love of the father. You will undertake a journey because you are not at home in this world and you'll search for your home, whether you know where it is or not. If you believe it's outside yourself, the search will be futile for you'll be seeking where it is not. You don't know how to look within yourself. For you do not believe your home is there Yet the Holy Spirit knows it for you and he will guide you to your home because this is his mission as he fulfills his mission he will teach you yours for your mission is the same as his by guiding your brother's home you are but following him isn't that incredible uh, the only answer amen